You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Uh, fortunate enough to be down at EOTA Coffee. They've been great hosts to us and the podcast. Uh, and if you don't know that story, definitely check out that previous episode and swing by. This is a great spot. Coffee's awesome. People are great. And who doesn't love warm, hot coffee or cold coffee? So appreciate those for having us. Um, TA in the house today, uh, Taylor Artman, TA, if you know him. Uh, appreciate your time, man. Thanks yeah. for stopping in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, I mean, you were born and bred Norman, Oklahoma, sooner, through and through. Yep. Played golf, you know, basically since you could walk, right? Right. So, tell us a little bit about the business that you have and that you've started. Well, um, you know, for uh, like a basic background, uh, what it was is it was um, myself and then two other um, buddies of mine out in California that we met. Um, we'd all met out there through golf. One was a assistant professional, and then myself and another were playing professionals. Mm-hmm. And so um, they actually had a uh, service. Um, and what, what it was was going to be a essentially a, a country club membership without the golf course. So it was going to – you could get a gin handicap. You could get discounts on uh, different brands, not just our, our own. In fact, it wasn't yeah. going to be – mainly an apparel company at that point. Um, it was going to be called the Servant Turf Club. We're going to host events, have uh, parties, um, yeah, just, you know, some kind of simple and go mm-hmm. go from there. Well, uh, kind of at the same time, my sister and I were going to, we, we had this interest in starting an apparel company, um, and she's like really cr- creative and stuff like that, and then I, I kind of have a creative mind too, and uh, we've always been into that, and we've got some family ties in the apparel company, in our apparel industry. And so um, we couldn't ever find the name mm-hmm. um, or the logo or like, you know, we, and we couldn't, we never took action. And uh, I joined my buddy's club and they sent me my package and uh, there was a t-shirt and it had this logo and it, had, and it said Servant Turf Club. And I was like, hmm, this is pretty cool, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. This is the apparel brand, right? And... Uh, I showed it to my sister, I remember, and then um, my roommate, and, uh, and he, he's part of the company, part of the team now, Michael Martinson, he and I were going out to California to practice and play some events, and uh, going back out there, I guess, and um, for the year, and I went up to them and uh, said, hey, would you want to make this an apparel company? And, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff kind of went on here and there, and then about two months later, uh, yeah, we started, yeah. and then... It just kind of went from there, and so our main deal was from day one to create something that could be worn off the course as well as fit in and look professional on the course. There's a lot of people that are trying to do one or the other, or um, they're, they're making things off the course, but it still doesn't look like a golf brand. Yeah. Um, so I think from our professional background, we know what fits and what can you know what will be worn. Right. But then we also know the demand of uh, what we need to look for off the course as well. Right. Because you can definitely spot a golfer outside of a golf course after he's got off the course. Right. Because it just doesn't fit into normal life. Exactly. He's probably wearing goofy trousers or pants. And just, you know, you can definitely spot him. It's really easy to do. Or he's always 
you know, 350 pounds and has a white belt, which is one of my pet peeves. Right. Uh, <laughs> white belt society and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, like I said, there's, um, you know, at the time you definitely saw a market for it and being out in California too, like who doesn't mm-hmm. want to be out there and everyone who seems to play golf also serves. You know? yeah. And like I said, that, that light bulb moment you had went off because it, it just fits. And, you know, it's... Is that was that 2007, 16, 17? Yeah, the end of 16, uh, and then we we really formed the business in spring of 17. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, no, you're exactly right, and that's that's the thing is we really push a lifestyle, and so everybody within our lifestyle, whether it was us who were traveling and playing uh, professionally, or it's just the the family that. You know what? No matter where they're from, what they live, everybody everybody enjoys a trip to the beach or the the on the course. You know, weekend um, trip, right? Mm-hmm. And so, one problem we saw, not just on our end, is if we're traveling, we tra- we have to travel somewhat light, especially if we're flying or if we're loaded down in a car with a few of us, and you know, and yeah. caddies or whatever. Um, we can't take a bunch of different things. You know, have you know, just your one wardrobe. So to have like hats, for example. That could be worn on and off the course. Uh, you know, we didn't have to wear a Titleist hat everywhere. The same thing for the vacationer, or the, you know, or, or whatever. You don't mm-hmm. have to take all this stuff like and, and look like, um, you know, you literally just stepped off the golf course. Uh, you can look like maybe you know you're a local. Yeah. You know, for a minute. Yeah, because golf fashion is. I mean, over the last like five years. I say previous to that, because over the last five years, it's kind of like you said, like what you guys have done is taken a turn, and it's kind of turning towards what it looks, you know, it looks good. Whereas previous to that, right. it was terrible, wasn't yeah. it? Like every, you know, and that's probably drove a lot of people away from golf is because they saw their granddad or their dad come home and just think, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't really a cool sport. It was always like our dad's sport, right? No, or our granddad's exactly. sport. I always got shit. And when I was in school, you know, oh, you play golf as such an old man's sport. Right. Well, now it's not, you know. Yeah. Now you can wear shorts and wear, you know, a you know, nice T-shirt and a good hat and, and still just kind of walk into a bar or walk into a restaurant and not have to change, right? Right? Like that's that's a really cool thing to do, and you know, it's who doesn't want to just come straight off the golf course when not worry about oh I don't want to go out because I exactly. look like a complete goon, right? <laughs> exactly. These goofy pants and um, you know that whole scene. But so take me back a little bit. So you played golf. Obviously, you grew up in Norman. Mm-hmm. Played golf in high school down in Norman. Yep, played at Norman North. Okay. Um, in high school. And uh, then college after that. And then I uh, yeah I. Ended up going to uh, Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Uh, I chose there. It was kind of a, I had a weird uh, recruiting process. Um, I, I, I was going one place for sure, and then uh, that fell through. And then so I kind of went there a, a touch last second um, because I had three previous teammates and some guys I played junior high school golf with, so I was comfortable with there. Um, but I only played there for a year. I just wasn't, um, you know, I love my teammates there. In fact, uh, you know, one of my best friends there, and he's part of the family now, married one of my cousins. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I went there, but it wasn't a good fit. So then I transferred to Oklahoma City University, uh, which is when I met you yeah. uh, and played against you. Um, so that was, uh, that was, you know, some of the best years of my life. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. team, great atmosphere. I mean, the standard of the team was amazing, too. You guys won how many national championships uh, when you were there? So we, the Blazers, Blazer won. Oh, he's won a ton. Uh, yeah, yeah, 10 or 11. But uh, when I was there, it was three. Mm-hmm. Uh, two as a player and one as a coach. Yeah. So. That's really cool. And those of you listening, Oklahoma City's golf, yeah, is Coach Blazer just retired. But Oklahoma City's golf team is... Or has been, and always pretty much last 15, 20 years, it's just been stacked. Yeah, 
uh, as long as I, I can go back anyway, I don't know, about previous to that, but yeah, they've always kind of been a powerhouse in the NAIA world. It was fun to play there, um, to be the little school, especially we started, get, we started gaining the respect of the bigger schools. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't get invited to the real big ones, um, right. but we'd go play against the, you know, your common Division One schools, and t- nobody would care who we were, know who we were, or whatever, and we won almost every one of them. That was, yeah. that was fun. Um, to, to you know to kind of come in uh not respected yeah i get that kind of validation from the team so they're like oh i play, i'm from i'm a d1 team and yeah you're, like, oh, you're still crap you're not very good you know and you, I, i'd love to know how many tournaments blazer worked hard to get in yeah and then they didn't invite them back because you won yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i mean it wasn't his fault uh, you know like right the, it's not you guys are just good it would be an east coast conference or something would see uh you know the University of Kansas or whatever lose to uh, you know and these other Big Twelve teams or or smaller D one teams uh, over here lose to a NAI school. Yeah. Well, it's all coaches poll, so they wouldn't give me credit. Well, okay. Yeah. But there's it wasn't just us. Go invite Coastal Georgia to your tournament or something. Right. You know, or one of those. There's some talent at at yeah, the yeah. D two and NAI level for yeah. sure. It's it's amazing that people who don't know that whole D1, D2, NAIA structure think that just D1 is just the best golf in the world. Right. And it is at the elite side of D1, right? You know, you can have Oklahoma State and all these big teams, and they're amazing. I'm not saying that they're not, but it's the teams who are in the middle to the end. Yep. I know better than the teams who are in the middle to the end of NAIA and D2, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, it's, I'll it's take... A, it's a big competition. Uh, I'll take... Um like an all-star team or whatever you want to call yeah. it of colleges, state by state. I'll take Oklahoma uh, the last 20 years, if you include Oklahoma State and you know, and yeah. now OU is obviously yeah. a stud. And then, uh, unfortunately, because those two are such prominent programs, people yeah. don't realize that there's three small schools right here. Four. You, mm-hmm. Southern, yeah. Southern Nazarene right there. I mean, even NSU is good, but yeah. UCO uh, consistently top of D2. Uh, you know, one of our ambassadors and one of my mm-hmm. best friends, Josh Creel, won the national championship there. Um, and then Oklahoma Christian obviously has some great players yeah. um, and great teams. We always went back and forth. And then o- o- OCU. Yeah. Like, there's some talent. And then Tulsa's team was, was good, was too. amazing, too. Yeah, it's sad so, that they kind of I mean, Oklahoma's uh, very underrated golf state, yeah. uh, I think. It's amazing just looking at the talent that's on Oklahoma State's team at the moment. And, like, I mean, they're, what, sophomores are going pro. Yeah. And get back to you know, oh. and we, I mean, I don't, why not? You know, when they're at the peaks of their career, why right. stay in school for two years? The last thing they want to be doing is reading books and you know, getting a degree because they're not going to use it. Yeah, exactly. Straight on tour to make money and, and follow their dream. That's the whole reason, right? I mean, you go watch a PGA Tour event, and every third group has a guy from OSU roll through. Yeah, uh, seems like you know yeah, they they are so good. I love watching those guys play, and they just won conference too, which is even better. And you know, hopefully get to go back-to-back nationals, yeah. which would be great to see. Um, how was it for you? Because you know, I know, also, you know you did the coaching thing as well and then had you know the opportunity that most people don't have is to try it in the professional ranks and travel around in the mini tours. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, for those of you people listening who've never done that, it's hard day in, yeah. day out. You know, you're driving around the country. It's not easy. Right. You know? And the, like I said, the money that you're playing for, unless you're winning, it's not significant. So it's yeah. even harder to keep it going. So how was that experience? And how, I mean, how do you think that, um, you know, pushed you on as a person, as a player, and then into as a business owner? I was just telling somebody this um, the other day. Uh, they they kind of, we we're, we we're kind of talking about our past and, and then just other people in general, um, different upbringings, different careers, different things like that. 
and uh, actually it's funny you have kind of a, a few different paths I think um, in in life that a lot of people take um, you have like the traditional you know high school college uh, get a job you know work your way up uh, some people you know maybe forego college get married uh, you know have a mm-hmm. local business or work there or whatever and then you have kind of maybe a, a dream chaser or somebody that's kind of going you know um, a little different route stalling an income yeah. uh, to go for a long term deal um, and so I, yeah I would say that over the seven, eight years that I, you know, between coaching and then playing, um, one, it's it, it's huge, not just myself, but other people that are part of the team at Surf and Turf, our reach is so big compared to people that um, didn't travel like that. Yeah. Um, especially because we didn't have the means or the money to kind of do our own thing a lot of it we had to coll- we had to go together you know mm-hmm. we the amount of people that i've stayed in hotels with or driven cross country with um are you know it's crazy some people never driven cross cross country with and i've driven cross country with more people than i can count you know right. um, yeah. and so like the, the amount of people you meet on those travels you know stay in people's houses etc the networking what you see and the perspective that you gain, uh, the whole deal, um, is something that I think it benefits everybody that takes that route. Yeah, definitely. Um, and not just in golf, but in anything like that. Um, right. I just think you, you never know. What What is, uh, you know, um, was it uh, one of the pro golfers, Lee Gervino maybe said, like, mm-hmm. uh, you never know how good you are until you're playing, you know, with either somebody else's money or, or no money in right. your pocket. Yeah. And it's kind of like that, you know, like you never know um, really who you are until you're going to out there. And it's like, this yeah. is it. You're, you're in a like, completely different state. You're staying with four or five guys in a room, yep. you're traveling around, and also you still got to make a living out of it. Yeah. And is there a state you haven't been to? Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's up a in few? the Northeast. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, cause just because up in the... <laughs> In the Northeast, the difference is I haven't driven that way, so I haven't, uh, cr- okay. I haven't gone through. Yeah. Um, I fly, so I go in and out. But, yeah, there, there's several um, okay. that I haven't been to, actually. Yeah. But there's not hardly any um, – you, I don't know if there's any highways, really, in the western – Gotcha. Uh, you know, west of the Mississippi that I haven't been on. Yeah. You know, because I've been playing Canada all the way to the west coast, all you know. Yeah. All the way south to Texas. So cool to travel like that. And like I said, it, it makes a whole huge difference. So, I mean, it makes you grow as a person when you're traveling with a bunch of guys. You know, you're in the hotel, you're hanging out. That experience uh, gave such perspective that has helped me so much um, in several ways. One. The, the amount of people I've met from so many different places, uh, not just not just in the U.S. either. Um, you know, I've traveled. I've, you know, yeah. you're from you're from uh, Wales, so like people that I've met all over the world and stayed with and seen so many things like that. That obviously gives great perspective in a lot of ways. And then, um, secondly, it's part of our like just now part of our brand is to give back and take care of our own and the people. Like, cause I have such respect for the people that are out there that are grinding. Um, to do this and they just need that little extra edge right and um, if you can just give that extra edge and just you know just the extra little support you just never know um, what it can do for someone and uh, and where that can take them and so being in those people's shoes really firsthand um, and knowing the impact of what it's like when just anybody was supportive behind me because there's always so many naysayers right yeah um 
and then and you know and those naysayers are the first person to uh you know come up and say hey so and so you know uh can you get me on this golf course <laughs> you know yeah there's always something like but, that uh, yeah. yeah so it, it it gave great perspective that i think showed um you know what, what do i want to do here and uh where do i want to be because i saw all these different people places um and then ways of life and, and things like that yeah so and, and and not only that i learned like out there there's not much lonelier spot than like on the road in between events or whatever um sometimes not even when you're playing really bad because the, that those times almost didn't count yeah because it's like you're playing bad right and right. it's like and it's whatever it's actually when you're playing good i think i think guys out there that maybe have not quite made it or have just made it maybe not the guys that made it from the get-go they probably yeah. don't understand but like when you were close and you were playing that golf that was like close to getting there but then you weren't quite seeing the results or like the monetary or um or wasn't the worst thing is the timing yeah that you know like that 67 on this day got you zero right. and if i just would have done on this other day which actually would have been easier to do it yeah. could have got me the world you know or whatever right. to, at least at that time and so just seeing um like traveling by yourself at times or being on a golf course at times and like thinking about that stuff and like okay what am i doing right now you know um that was a lonely time yeah definitely. so after the, like but going through that and then getting out of it or or just finding ways to combat it now there's no surprise and i would say this for any athlete um that's traveled and given it all they got toward a dream there's no surprise that can possibly ever come in the work world uh that an athlete is not faced to encounter right like they're not i mean they're not ready to encounter or they yeah. can't handle uh-huh. um like they they've had it you know? yeah because I, I going back to people who've tried to you know tried to make a living from you know from professional sports they failed time and time and time and mm-hmm. time and time again and it's because they're passionate about it that they don't give up when it does come time to like okay like i really you know i've given it all i've got it just wasn't meant to be now i'm going to go into business nine times out of ten they're successful business people because they've already gone through that failure exactly whereas like non-athletic or college people who you know just never seen that they've either had everything handed to them unless they've grown up without a struggle um you know we always see that in in people who have like had major success they've always had something bad happen to them right Right. they've always had like something has happened to the family or they had really bad upbringing but they've managed to struggle through it yeah it's like I mean, it, it's a it, it's a blessing in disguise, isn't it? It's an advantage to them, at, not at the time because their life is going through some bad times, but you know, it just it just sets you up for like, you know, just success if you can fight through that failure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what that quote is about. Ad- the more you can endure it, success. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, and that's like something that being a golfer, you just like, you know, like if I've gone through this and I've failed so many times, and you go into business, you're like, if one person doesn't. You know, if I if I don't get an account with that person, well, there's a million other people who I can sign an account right. with. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be the end of the world. Exactly. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, makes a huge difference. And you know, like I said, there's no surprises. You know, yeah. you get a phone call. You're like, okay, sorry. Right. It's not that bad, right? Yeah, exactly. you, you know, it might feel bad at the time, but you're like, well, okay, what's next? And a lot of times you can still control it. Right. At least. 
Um, I can't control if you hold out from the fairway. Um, yeah. You know? Or yeah, whatever. yeah, definitely. Or, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had uh, I had Taylor Gooch on the podcast, and he was saying that, you know, he played for OSU, and they, they almost won nationals his senior year, and he's, you know, he's flying back from nationals in a private jet, you know, living the dream, playing at a D1 school. He turns pro, he gets his invite, he doesn't do very well in his first invite, and then he goes back to the mini tours. I'm yep. like fought his way from the mini tours back to now be on tour this year his rookie season but four years of just driving around the country sleeping in hotels with the guys and just yeah. living that life you know and like that, I, he, he said that you know going through that whole thing from being like the best one of the, the best players in college golf to flying in private jets and living the dream to driving across country in his car right. and living you know it's like such a people don't see that do they uh, you know and he's fought back and he's on tour now and had some great finishes this year and hopefully we'll continue to stay there um, I remember playing with him one of his first pro of course I've no, Taylor and I have known each other forever yeah. uh, we did like junior golf and stuff together uh, he was always he's a few years younger than my age guys but he was always competing against us right. Taylor's uh, he's been you know like the next he, well, we, he's no surprise yeah no surprise um, but I remember when he first turned pro um, yeah like you could tell kind of like he was like man this is uh, there's a lot of good players out there you know yeah because um, there is like at the mini tour level there's guys that you've never heard of that uh, could beat your guys on tv if they had the just the opportunity mm-hmm. and like i said go um, back to the timing yeah exactly yeah. the timing and so you know i remember that but uh, that's one thing T- taylor's good at too i think um where he comes from this part of the country and then uh, his dad i think and family they've done a great job supporting him yeah um yeah he's yeah, he's gonna do some big things. I think so too. When I I tried like when I interviewed him, he just come off like two top fives, made a ton of money and done really well. And I was I gave him the opportunity to be like, you know, a little bit not cocky, but just mm-hmm. like tell me about yourself, like you know, tell me what you've done. It's awesome what you've done. And he was like, you know, I just still still got the rest of the year to go. Like I'm, he was really humble about it. And like I didn't I didn't know him growing up, so that was you know that's what he's like. And I just didn't know that when I when I was interviewing him and. He's just a good dude. Yeah, you know no, he, he works hard and he he knows that like this is not just a one year thing. Like yeah. he's going to be a lifer on tour, uh, which is great to see. Little known fact, you know he started an apparel company for a little bit there. Shut up. Are yeah. you serious? Uh-huh. I think it's I called State Forty Six. We we'll have to ask him. I have to ask but, him about uh, that. It, I, I don't, maybe he'll pick it back up one yeah. day. But he did actually. Okay, we'll have um, to ask him about that. Yeah. State 46. I believe that's what it's called. Okay. Uh-huh. Happy days. So, you know, you've gone through the whole mini tour thing, and then what you're still clearly doing, playing mini tour golf while you started the surfing tour stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I was still playing. Uh, in fact, the last year that I played was in Canada. And uh, actually, you know, we have accounts in Canada, and I'm, I'm literally, I drove up there. Yeah. And I'm driving up through uh, Colorado, for all the way from Dallas to Victoria, uh, British Columbia. You know, like my took my Tahoe, my <laughs> yeah. home of Tahoe on a boat. The legendary TA's Tahoe and, uh, has over yeah. 300,000 miles on it. So I took it up there, it. but like it's, you know, I'm, I'm stopping uh, in Colorado, um, in Wyoming, uh, in Seattle. I'm stopping yeah. at clubs on the way, uh, on the drive, and then up in Canada, every course we're at, I'm, I've got my sample bag yeah. and all this stuff of course it was kind of weird you know I'm at the tournaments um, and there's guys wearing my hats you know playing <laughs> and so forth yeah. and then uh, especially like some of the events I didn't get in I was still on site like I, like I, was, I pretty much lived like you know, um, a few down the alternate list. Yeah. And so then I'd, I'd stick around because I never knew. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I'd caddy for my buddy Damien or something like that at an event or two. And then, um, 
guys are wearing my hats walking down other fairways and i'm like this is kind of weird like it's so funny uh what am i you know am i a golfer yeah. <laughs> or am i the you know uh standing next to the strixeron rep on the on the range uh and i've got a bag but i'm talking to another player about his hat and i'm yeah. like half rep half player i'm like this is kind of weird yeah um but yeah it was it, it was like that and the same thing went coming back playing the all pro tour here in q school you know even at q school a, a, yeah. guy, a guy we got paired with where's servant turf like what are the odds that's awesome um, um, so it was it was kind of kind of funny, um, yeah. but it, that taught me a lot too about balance. Um, I actually, if I wasn't hurt, um, I had surgery at the end of that. Was pretty much what ended it. That and then yeah. it, it was it wasn't servant tour the end of golf, but it was the abrupt stop uh, with surgery, yeah. and then focusing on servant turf and seeing the company progress. It never made sense to me to jump back into something right. that you know I. It's so hard to get back done, too. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. And then I almost had to go double time golf to make up for the time that I spent away. Right. So I could never, I never had a, a, a opening to yeah. get back into it. And um, that was, you know, like it was kind of funny during that balance of when I was hurt and when I was doing certain things, I was actually playing very good golf had yeah. I not been hurt. Had I been like as healthy as I was um, in college or right after, I think I would have been playing the best golf of my life uh, because. I finally, when I left the golf course and went back to the hotel with my buddies, I'm on the computer emailing and, you know, working on a website or whatever or talking to my business partner, yeah. and I just forgot. I forgot all about, uh, you know, the, you know, pull hook I hit on 11, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah, or like a, <laughs> so, you know, a three-putt par or whatever yeah, exactly. it is. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, that three-putt on the last hole. I forgot all about anymore, it. Yeah, it exactly. Just doesn't mean and, yeah. Um, and I think it allowed me to uh, stay fresh, kind of. So... You know, if there's an opportunity maybe to ever get, uh, I'll never play and travel like that again for only golf, I don't think. Yeah. But I think if I could ever get healthy again, um, as I sit here with yeah, this. Yeah, sit here with a cast on. <laughs> um, like, I think I can go back to that balance because I learned that, you know, less is kind of more once you've already kind of been out there. Like, um, you know, my muscle memory's there. So yeah, I, it was more about mentally staying clear. Right, and I've noticed that since I graduated. You know, you go from playing golf every single Dude, you, day. You're playing great. You know, you're right. It just happens. Yeah. You like learn how to get around a golf course playing once a week. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't. I, the last time I actually, I, I haven't practiced like for three hours since college. Yeah. And I've been out three, three, be four years now in May. Um, you know, it's it's crazy how like in college you're like I go to practice every yeah, day USAM this, this summer right, right I played US Mid-Am last summer mid-am, yeah, yeah I played the Mid-Am and, and playing uh, and then going we played on that co- tournament we, played, we did yeah we played pretty good for which is so much fun doing that yeah it, you know you, you travel around and you go to like these four man scrambles that was all field tournament when it was three of us me you and Brian um, you know we go to those and I think I learned to love golf more by playing in those events. Exactly. Rather than like, because you still have pressure, mm-hmm. right? You still got to beat the people with you. You're still playing for some, you know, cool prizes or some, you know, pro shop credit or whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, more credit and it's great to win that, but a lot of bragging rights as right. well. Uh, but again, you're still traveling. We're down in New Mexico playing golf down there. And, you know, when I sure. played the U.S. mid it was in North Carolina. And, you know, I, I still love traveling to play golf. And, it, you know, I kind of feel comfortable doing it. 
but at the same time it doesn't mean as much anymore you yeah. know you're just like uh, uh, sorry it means still means a lot to play and win but it doesn't it's not the end of the world if it doesn't yeah. go your way exactly. you know because it's not like your livelihood and by doing that I just love it more right you know you just love playing golf and you get to meet cool people and yeah. you know and I'm, now you're in the industry right you're working in the industry so you still see all that I'm the same way because now that I'm not playing and then uh, and then I'm seeing it from a different perspective from the sideline and then um you know and and then supplying people with apparel and things like that but now I'm getting to pay attention it was funny when I was playing alongside people I was playing with them every day I was paying attention to them obviously right yeah. but like only usually like these guys during this week and these guys during this week or whatever and then now you know like I get to see the broad spectrum and it's it's actually I realized exactly what you're saying my love for the game um is more like authentic I guess like I'm watching where all my friends are playing now you know mm-hmm. like I have time to like look and see how ev- everybody that I care about is doing and checking yeah. in on them and watching them and seeing them succeed um, and go through the things I went through and whatever um, yeah and that's when you realize like I don't even have to play and I still right. and I'm still here and I'm still watching you know yeah um, yeah and, and and you put yourself in their shoes and, and whatever you know. Um. Let's think we we can relate, you know, and, and you know I can relate just to the college level, and you can relate with the mini tour level of just what they're going through. And like you know, you've probably kept up with some people who've had two or three bad weeks. They've missed the cut by one, and then they go and knock out a top five or a top three, yep. and like you know how much that means yep. because that basically is just paid for the next four tournaments right. or whatever it is, right? So, and I just go back to that point, you know, that person might have made 50 grand in three weeks, but their expenses are like 45, yeah, 50 exactly. grand, and they've just made, you know, broke even yeah. for that year. Uh, and, you know, and, and when you, you talk to non-golfers, you're like, oh, I'm a professional golfer, and they think that's such a glamorous li- lifestyle. I'm like, actually, no, I live out of my car, and I travel <laughs> around the country. Yeah, exactly. uh, but it's far from glamorous. It, it, yeah, it is, especially. That's why I think I love the, the mid-am stuff more, and, like, the the traveling and playing fun golf tournaments more mm-hmm. because you know we stay in good places we meet great people right we're living staying in most people's houses and hanging out and just it's just more of a it's still it's still like obviously highly competitive but it's just more of a for the love of the game rather right. than for a living um but so we you know obviously when you started surf and turf it was turning into an apparel and you started with the hats where over the last you know two and a half three years has it gone you know where are you guys at now um so now we've kind of um not restructured but uh we kind of hit refresh a little bit mm-hmm. um where we were going before obviously the thing that's you know and so many companies started this way um like i'm reading even even uh phil knight's book the the creator of nike um i'm reading it for the second time because i because i love it because at the start he's going through everything that all the emotions that i feel yeah um and and it's crazy to see that you know like um a company that iconic and big that it started one time you know the exact same situations as him you know he he picked up a small batch of something, and they were all done wrong. And he's like, this is it. This is the end of the this company. This is the end of my life, right? I don't have enough <laughs> yeah, money yeah. to pay my bills. Yeah, and so to see that. Um, so, you know, we grew pretty organically. It just kind of happened. Um, and we used our golf network to start to build that way. But we quickly learned that you were going to stay in that um, cycle and, and not get out of it unless you doubled down. And so... Um, this past year, uh, we doubled down. So um, 
took some big risks. Um, we, you know, everything from sponsoring the North Texas PGA uh, Section Championship. Um, the reason that I did it there is we already kind of had the um, Southern California Golf Association partnership already met. I think we can get in there mm-hmm. at another time. And then um, being local right there at that time of the year, uh, September, with all the different pros and people around, um, it was our best bang for our buck uh, to get our brand out there. Um, and so things from like gambling on that um, to you know hiring different marketing companies etc um, to start starting to think about the long-term business uh, you know we're a California brand we always will be but um, you know we had to start thinking about like okay we're gonna one day expand you know I- internationally um, we need to start thinking about what are the steps to get there yeah and then not only that if if all of our dreams and goals come true can we handle it and so yeah. you, we need to start preparing and so um you know so this recently from where we were we were three golf pros you know um that started a, a brand and really you know just two of us were really doing the day-to-day um and then we had the help of you know so many friends and things like that i don't want to discredit them we couldn't have done anything without them but um we need to take it to another level. So now, you know, we've got an office. We've got a system, an inventory system, tracking system, everything like that. We've, uh, you know, um, made all of our costs, uh, you know, as, you know, consistent as possible right. and optimized all of them, um, you know, at least, to, at least to our best ability now. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, brought on different people. We've, we've hired people, an operations manager. Um, her name's Emily Davis. She just started. So she runs, you know, a lot of the day-to-day. Our accounts will talk, talk to her and our mm-hmm. vendors talk to her. Um, we've got, you know, another girl, Ashley Morgan, who, um, you know, is the person that's doing all the behind-the-scenes work uh, and marketing things. Um, and then we have, you know, a, a sales team that we're starting to build that's helping in that regard and then redoing the website and things like that to focus for the long term. So um, not to mention, you know, there's some capital investment that was that yeah. has taken place. Um, we're still a very low capital um, and gr- organically growing, but we're taking the necessary steps and then um, planning for the future. So we went from focusing on what's next week yeah. to now um, we're as far as about a year ahead from now. Good. So we already know that we'll be releasing our full golf apparel line and, and a street line in 2020. Yeah. Uh, the golf apparel line will come first, polos and things like that. Um, aiming for the PGA show of 2020. Right. Um, so we've already began the process of that, and then we'll have everything done uh, before then. And then we've, we've got summer and fall releases of headwear and shirts and things like that it's already in the mix for this year. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, some of the, I guess, attacks as far as personnel and people to bring in also for the next year. So that's where we are. Um, as a business um, and where we've really made a big adjustment change in yeah. 2019. That's really cool. I'm sure I'd like to see it grow organically too and to just put it in the right hands of people who not necessarily have a massive following right. but have a strong enough following that the people that they're around will support them and that's just getting the right side, getting the right bang for your buck and not going and spending $25,000 to give it to this one person exactly and they wear it maybe four times exactly you know like I'm sure you've seen that I'm sure you've gone through that whole searching for you know the influencer I guess to, to wear your stuff and you know come against some people who either they want too much money right or you know they they you know, they, they want product, but at the same time, they don't have a following, right? Yeah. You know, like, you've got some 16-year-old kid who, you know, he thinks he's a rock star, and he's like, I want free stuff. Yeah. 
Well, so you're not gonna, yeah, so, so is everyone else, you know? Yeah. And then I said, you've got some guy who's probably on tour that's like, I already have a hat contract with my, you know, Titleist or whatever it is, and if you want to beat them, it's millions of we dollars. Run in, we run into both those every week, yeah, yeah for sure. That must you know? be so fun to go through. But, um, I mean, like I said, the people who you have in your product, you've done a good job of that because they're great. They seem like great people. Well, that's, that's um, part of the big deal is um, we're lucky. Like, we have so many loyal, like, supporters, family, friends, um, you know, customers, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're all part of our community that we're building. And that's where we've been the luckiest and where it's set us apart is they're, they're loyal and they're mm-hmm. behind us. And um, they're understanding if we don't come through, like, um, we probably should on this given week. You know, right. we've had our fair share of mess ups. This is uh, this is our first rodeo. Yeah. So, um, uh, but the, the the people that are stand, standing behind us, you know, through our learning curve and our successes, those are the people that you know yeah. are big. And then they're still promoting. I, I tell you what, the the mini tour people and, and this is guys, girls, everybody, um, and then just and then the, even to the tour directors and things like that have really had our back and really stood behind us um, mm-hmm. as kind of like we're all kind of on the same mission, right, to get to the next level and compete with the big boys. Um, and so that's been cool to see. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's been, it's, it's been special. And then it's also cool for us um, to be able to give them, ha- like, give, give them ha- save, save them a hat. few bucks, yeah. if it's anything um, at all, across the table. Like, that, that feels good. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, you know, I, I said you'd give me a couple of hats and, you know, wore, wore them at the U.S. Mid-Am and stuff like that. And I think I actually saw a couple of people there with the same hat on. Mm-hmm. I just like, like, it just makes yeah, me great. Yeah, we four people there. And they have, like, the, I mean, we don't know each other, right? There wasn't people from the same, there were obviously these people from the same states and stuff, but I didn't know any of them. And it's just kind of like a silent nod as you walk past, you exactly. know? It's just like it's that. Like, yeah, it is. it is a community. And you're just like, I have no idea who you are. I've never met you. But you must know TA because you have a hat on, you know, that <laughs> no, kind of not, thing. Not necessarily me, but they know somebody, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just, uh, it is cool, um, especially on a stage like that, you know. It's just like, you know, it's a national golf event that you have the elite mid-ams in, in the States or in the world that are going to be there. And it's just cool to see people in. And I'm sure, like, for you, like, if you, even if you're just walking around and you're not in your surf and turf stuff and you haven't had that interaction with that person, maybe your business partner has, and you see it, I'm sure it makes you just smile. Like, they have no it idea. It is. It's cool. I see people all the time that have it on. Yeah. And I usually, I usually just say, hey, man, I, I like the hat. And then that, occasionally, if it's the right time, um, there was a guy in the mall. Uh, actually, it was a random mall um, that I didn't expect. I'm trying to think where it was. And he was walking through, and he had a, a surf and turf hat on. And uh, he's with his wife and his young kid. And I knew I had a few hats out in the car. Yeah. And so I watched him go to the food court. And then I was kind of walking, because I was walking by the food court to exit. Yeah. And they sat there. So I went out to the car uh, and grabbed a hat. And I took it in there. I said, thanks. Uh, where would you get that hat, et cetera? And then, yeah. um, you know, it, it was like a friend of a friend wore it on social media. And he saw it. And, uh, yeah. and he bought it online. And uh, so I gave him a hat, and I was like, "Thanks for wearing it, whatever." And I introduced myself, and yeah. you know, I, it was pretty cool. I got to got to sit there and talk with them. So um, such a cool things experience. like that are cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So. What uh, do you? I mean, I'm sure the dream is to have your product on tour. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the end goal, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we've been worn on tour. Um, Creel had Creel Warrior, right? At yeah, we've had a few. Rick Lamb um, mm-hmm. has played off and on PGA and Webb. Um, he was wearing our product for a little while. Yeah. Um, 
there's been a handful of guys. Uh, a guy named Tyler Raber, a buddy of mine, has worn it in an event or two. Um, so there's been some guys here yeah. and there that have worn it. How, how What's that process like of getting in there with the big boys? And big boys meaning, like, you know, your Adidas, your Titleist, your, right. your, your big paying apparel guys. What is that whole? What's the whole process like? It it really just comes to money. Is, the, um, is it just that that as that far easy? As those guys wearing it, and that's something too. Like uh, you know, I was I was just talking to a couple uh, a couple buddies that that you know as well um, that were playing out there about the same thing, and it was it was something basic like like I was asking them if they could do a little testimony or something, and yeah. um, you know they were like we got to be careful, uh, it's got to be off the course, you know, et cetera, and. Um, you know, and they kind of get apologetic, right? And I'm like, "What are you apologizing for?" Yeah, like we were just, you know, like we played in college against each other or together, whatever you want to do, junior golf, go all the yeah. way through. Maybe they're like, "This is a great problem to have." Yeah, you exactly. Mean, you're getting paid by another company. To where they have, yeah, yeah. You keep getting paid. Like, well, I know you're, you know, you're supporting yeah. us. Um, so no, it's a good problem to have. And so as far as that goes, yeah, it comes down to money. I mean, okay. Um, and I don't blame them. Hey. Well, yeah. I, I mean, their likeness is important. Right. And golfers so, who are listening, and if you're not a golfer, you might know Jason Duffner, who's going through the whole kind right. of hat searching client thing at the moment. It's right. funny if you just Google, you know, Jason Duffner's hat selection recently. You know, he's wearing everything. He wears whatever he wants this week, you know. And I think this past week, obviously, he's down in New Orleans, and he said, you know, like, hashtag St. Scott robbed or something like that, you know. Um, He's having fun with it, which is a great thing for him to do. Because, I mean, it's it's what, like a million bucks? We 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 got about eight hats in his locker room. Yeah. is it is the contract like about a mi- average like about a million a year? Uh, no, it, it just, just kind of varies. It yeah. really varies depending um, on how good the player is. Yeah, how good the player is, or or sometimes it's how marketable the player is. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's some people that uh, maybe aren't as big a name um, right. as a golfer, but they might have more potential. You know, in the market of something. Yeah. Um, like Ricky, for example. Right. You know, somebody like that, or or. Um, you know, a lot of obviously a lot of times, um, you know, maybe a younger person or somebody that stands out a little bit if they, you know, if they're super fit or if they're okay. funny on social media, you know, or whatever, okay. yeah. the, whatever it is, they might be more marketable than even like a Ben person. Crane if he's funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ben yeah. I mean, there's, there's people like that. You know, they're they're just um, they're guys that you want to kind of pay attention to. You know, like uh, lately the uh, Pepperell, he's been kind of funny. Pepperell's you know? hilarious. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he, you know, somebody like that might might be becoming more marketable than even like a somebody's been out there forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but well, could, uh, you know, yeah, like it a, could be anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, like a crane or or uh, Camilo Vajegas. Yeah, would be exactly. The you know, I mean, there's all sorts of different freak, guys out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to that. Um, you know, as far as what they're valued at, what you can afford, things yeah. like that. What? For us right now, we're we're still small enough. Uh, we're st- we're still at a point. What what Adidas and Nike and the big brands, uh, Titleist, Fitzroy, yeah, they've got the the money and they've got the stronghold on where they are in the market. They just need to hang on there. Yeah, and so they need to constantly be seen. So it's worth mm-hmm. it's worth it to them. They'll continue to make money as long as they're continuing to be seen. So yeah. it's worth it for them. For us, um, we may not even see the um, 
it, it may not be worth it. For yeah, us. no, it makes sense because you're going to be on even on TV if they're on the list. We almost need to get a, a few steps further. Gotcha. Um, and then and then you get in that in that place. So is that way you focus on more of like the social media videographer, YouTuber kind of golfer, like the no laying ups and the Eric Langs and that kind of right. page. Yeah, I mean like that, that kind I, of crowd. I, I think the big deal is too, and you've seen this with two two different companies off the top of my head is Ping, uh, back in the eighties I believe. Um, they got all their players, they pretty much gave it away to the college players. Yeah. Well all these college players went to the PGA tour and now what? Well now they're in the PGA tour they're not gonna switch. Yeah. You know, unless they're getting big Small time move. money. Yeah. And so they and they succeed out there where they kept using Ping. Mm-hmm. Boom. Um, another one is uh, you know, with the soft spike shoe. Um, you know, the NCAA uh, had all the soft spikes um, on all the players, and a lot of them kept wearing in the pros, so like the metal spikes started going off, and yeah. golf course started make, making it go away. Um, so that's another cool part. So we're kind of doing the same thing, giving it to the mini tour players and helping out those that are like us that are going through the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, even our assistant professionals and their section championships, taking care of them, um, and our head professionals, um, the ones that are our own, because. Those people that you know, they're gonna spread even the if word one out their, of every yeah to their community. They're gonna spread the word to their community. Yeah, and yeah. then also yeah, if somebody makes it, you know, yeah. out there, um, you know, you never know who the who the next person is. You know, it's guys like Bryce Garnett or you know, or um, Creel. Yeah, Creel exactly. Yeah. Abe answer. There's a bunch of guys that uh, you know they can't be associated with our brand, um, but they can wear it off the course. Yeah. Uh, you know, here and there, um, and, th- and that that means the world to us. You know, just to just to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So. That, that's probably that's our best bet is to kind of do that and then really push the green grass you gotcha. know to get in in as many in front of as many people as we can um, with a quality product yeah and then um, you know using our advertising to our advantage um, with a Spending more time and energy towards it and less uh, money. Right. Because uh, that's the big issue. Yeah, and building that relationship. If you're the little guy, right you better track. be able to bend over backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's what we are sticking to. Um, just doing the right thing, making good products, um, and then sticking to what we know. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, I know you got to go here soon, but I really appreciate your time, man. It's uh, you know, it's great to hear the story, share the story. Uh, how can everyone listening get involved? With, you know, what world social media stuff? Um, so actually, uh, we're Surfing Turf Club um, on Instagram, Surfing Turf Golf on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, the the big, the big thing we're gonna we're about to pick back up is our Course to Coast for a Cause campaign. Okay. And so uh, that's an initiative we started last year, and then during our kind of restructure of our brand, we kind of put it on hold um, until we could get do it better you know i just say if you're gonna do it do it good yeah and so we're kind of we're about we're picking back up on that we've got um uh, an organization called streets of africa that we're helping this weekend an event uh in fort worth um and then we are helping with uh, one of our ambassadors clark dennis that plays a champions tour uh we're teaming up with him this week at the insperity down in houston for the champions tour event so we'll be donating uh proceeds uh from certain hats and certain items um Great. the insperity ones will be online mm-hmm. all of our pink items will go to breast cancer um that's really our biggest deal with like social media um obviously we want to grow as a, a following right, right using it the right way to right but uh, you point know like i was talking to something that's going to mean something right a friend yeah. a friend of mine that's here in town uh her name's jenny and we were talking about like at the end of the day um and i kind of learned this in mini tour right mm-hmm. like there was times when 
you'd stay like at a, some you know millionaire's house or whatever, and then you stay with them. You could tell like they're not a happy person. Yeah. And then here you are like broke, living the stranded, dream, <laughs> Motel Six, uh, you know wherever yeah. you want to call it in like waiting you know, for the next shipment of free golf yeah, balls, Bakersfield yeah. or like, you know yeah. who knows what town, Alexandria, Louisiana, whatever. And we're staying there and um, and you're happy. And you're like, this, how does this make sense? Yeah. And uh, it usually is, it, it has to do with the impact that you're making and then are you doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's our big deal, like, with social media. If we can use that, uh, our voice um, or reach, you know, as a microphone to, obviously, we're not a nonprofit. We never claim to be. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't do what you love, um, support your, your your family and your mm-hmm. team and your vision and then also um, give back to to those who need it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, moving forward, I, I, I would look towards our, our, not just our website, but our social media um, here in the coming months cool. um, toward the different charities and benefits and take part in some of our events and uh, things like that. Awesome. We really want to bring the community together. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, definitely check out Turf and Turf and TA. I really appreciate your time. This is uh, this has been awesome to kind of dive into the whole Surf and Turf Absolutely. golf brand and get the whole story. I love what um, you're doing too. I mean, I love doing this. It's so much fun. It's <laughs> awesome. So, if anybody wants to sponsor the podcast so I can do this full time, please reach out at This Is Oklahoma <laughs> on everything. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for watching, and I'll catch you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston. Mixed by Alan Brown with music by Chad Duro.